Hey, Next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in and listening to this segment of the show featuring one of the great instructors in the game, Brian Jacobs. And thank you very much for voting the show up to number two this month in the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list for the June edition. Please keep voting. You can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. I really appreciate all of your support. Enjoy this segment of the show. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by our friends over at TaylorMade. Golf is an interesting game because the better you hit the ball, the fewer shots you have to hit. That means the better you hit the ball, the less golf you actually have to play. That's why TaylorMade made their all-new Stealth Irons. TaylorMade Stealth Irons feature a cap-back design and a 3D toe wrap designed to help deliver increased distance throughout the bag and more forgiveness on those occasional, or maybe not so occasional, less-than-perfect shots. The result? Better shots more often, so you get to have more fun more often. So if you're the kind of golfer who wants to play less golf more often, try the all-new Stealth Irons from TaylorMade. Beyond Driven. Okay, now back in making his 10th appearance with me here on the show is Brian Jacobs. Let me remind you about Brian's background. He earned his undergraduate and then his master's in education from State University of New York at Brockport. He became a PGA Assistant Director of Instruction at Ravenwood Golf Club up in Rochester, New York back in 2006, simultaneously becoming a staff instructor for Hank Haney Golf. In 2010, he became the Director of Golf Instruction and a Hank Haney Certified Instructor at Arondaquah Country Club there in Rochester. In 2014, he became a lead instructor on Golf Channel Academy. In 2015, he started the Brian Jacobs Golf Academy at Ridgemont Country Club. He has been named a Top 100 Instructor by Golf Range America, one of the top instructors in the state of New York by Golf Digest. He's a two-time recipient of the Western New York PGA Section Teacher of the Year Award, the Player Development Award, the Bill Strasbaugh Award, and the Horton Smith Award. I've got my Brian Jacobs golf t-shirt on out of my deep respect for him, and I'm very excited he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brian, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris. <clears throat> Great to be back on. Thanks so much for that introduction. Wow. Uh, I'm getting <laughs> old. Fun <laughs> time. Fantastic. It is fantastic. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show this many times, Brian. Privilege. Brian, before we get into all the golf stuff, you know I got to poke the bear. You're a huge Bills fan. Your boys came close to making it to back-to-back Super Bowls, really, the last couple of seasons, but they lost to my Steelers to start off last season in week one. Unfortunately, that was the best part of the season for me, but how do you feel about uh, your Bills this upcoming season? Oh, I feel great. Uh, I feel great. I had a good draft. They had a great uh, free agency period. I mean, to get somebody like Von Miller to come in and then um, uh, Crowder now, too, with uh, coming in as a slot and uh, Davius White gets healthy. And, uh, everybody's back at camp now. They have their uh, mandatory uh, training camp here the next three days. So everybody's ready for football. <laughs> We're not ready for golf to end yet, but uh, I love football. I can't wait for it to, to get started again. And, and somehow I think that that loss uh, early in the season kind of woke him up right away. Said, you know, maybe we're not as good as we think we are, but, and we need to keep getting better. And so, uh, and they did. They had a great season. And Brian, you've got a couple of current and former Bills as students up there, right? I do. Yeah, I do. And they're, 
they're awesome to work with. I've been involved with the culture for probably pretty close to 20 years now. And uh, it's just a uh, great staff, uh, great women on the staff as well. And I'm really enjoying uh, being around the guys and uh, staff that I teach. And just everybody has the same message, which really uh, makes you feel good uh, that, you know, some people are not going one way and others are going the other way. They're all they're all moving the same way. So uh, watch out, NFL. Uh, they're going to be scary. <laughs> Brian, let's talk some golf, and the big news right now is all about the Live Tour. Give me your thoughts. What do you think about this new tour and the players that are going over there to play on it? Yeah, I think, you know, I have a lot of mixed emotion about it, to be honest. I've, I've tried to research as much as I can and spread articles all the way from Wall Street Journal to, you know, uh, the common man in the local newspaper. Everybody has a difference of opinion, I will say. Just working with professional athletes, uh, you know, in my career, um, and being independent contractors, it's really hard to, you know, be, begrudge them for trying to make money, um, and to, you know, support themselves. Um, I'm not sure how much we need to be supported. Um, and the biggest argument seems to be like, where is the money coming from? And so, you know, and the political aspect of it. And so politics died. Um, at the root of it, I don't have a problem um, with with the league. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle world rankings and some of the other things, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's uh, I think initially, you know, people are upset. Uh, you know, in the in the golf world, uh, the common man and woman. But uh, I think as it gets deeper into it, it'll be interesting to unpack all of this and and see if if the players will start to answer a little more candidly like DJ did, you know, some of these guys and girls, um, and I've had this happen with some of my NFL players, you know, that were uh, pro bowlers, you know, and high level, they just don't like playing that much, you know, gets to be a job job. You know, we, we look at it like uh, it's fun and games all the time, but it's a job for them. And there's a lot of travel and, a lot of time away from their families and a lot of expense, you know, to pay your caddy and insurances and all the other things that we, we do. So, um, you know, even at the golf schools that I have this weekend, that seemed to be the big topic. We, we had a dinner last night with the, the customers and their spouses and the spouses were, you know, kind of going crazy about it. So it'll be interesting, I think, to see, you know, how it all plays out and, I'll keep doing my research. Right now, I'm kind of a, a Switzerland on it. I think there's some <laughs> good that will come. Out. And I think that initially, when anything, there's change, I think we'll kind of move towards the negative right away. And, um, you know, that could be bad. Well, Brian, you mentioned the word upset, and that's what I uh, get as well. I think the PGA Tour right now is just upset that there's a rival league and players are defecting and going over there and playing on that league. Is there an opportunity you think down the road? Because we know the Saudi tour is back for at least three seasons. Can there be a bridge back and forth? Can we have a kumbaya? Can cooler heads prevail? I think so. I think, you know, time heals all wounds. Um, I think, you know, both sides need to be really careful about how they talk. And, um, you know, you hear people are traitors and, and other things, I, I, 
kind of imagine it would be kind of like the AFL and the NFL or the, you know, the ABC and the, you know, the uh, American basketball and, and the NBA, you know, there's always been some kind of disparity in sport where, um, you know, someone maybe was unhappy or even like free agency. When you look at baseball uh, uh, with Kurt, Kurt Flood, you know, he, um, you know, bucked the system and arguably, you know, it, it hurt his career, obviously, but it changed everything as well. So I guess I look at it that way that um, I try to put all the politics aside and just say, you know, what's the end game? Obviously, it's money. Um, but it might be also that, look, if I can play four times a year and make, you know, $120 million and play four times in the, in, you know, on the PGA Tour and possibly make nothing, I would take the guarantee. But I think if you ask the man on the street to really sit down and think about it, they'd all do it. You know, if they could support their family that way. And I think that's kind of been the pat answer out of all the players. It's, you know, I can play less. I can be with my family more or be do what I want to do more. Um, and, you know, other players like Rory and JT and have been vocal as well. And said, you know, this is what I choose to do. So I hope that uh, cooler heads will prevail and, and that they'll work all this out. And that I don't know if you have to be friends, but it, sh- it should be good for the game, like everything that's being done, um, I think. So that would kind of be my my answer. Brian, let's switch gears. And here we are on U.S. Open week. What are you looking forward to seeing this week at the country club at one of the most historic golf courses in our game? Well, <laughs> I'm hoping really hard conditions. Number one, I, I love the majors to be difficult. Um, not o- well, Maybe over par would be cool for a win. Um, but I don't know. I'd love to see Tony Finau win. I just, I like that kid. You know, and it was good to see Rory win too last week. And um, I would love to see a really tight race, you know, not anybody run away with it and and see some of the, the maybe some up-and-comers, you know. Love to see Scotty Shuffler compete. I'd love to see Jordan Spieth compete uh, for it. And I think it would be pretty awesome to see uh, somebody something like that happen. Uh, and I, you know, even Ricky Fowler not at the cost of somebody else, but I know that he's an alternate and I'd love to see him get in, and maybe win it. I think that would be a cool story. Brian, as you alluded to a moment ago, you just finished up a two-day school with Colin Swatton, who people will know as Jason Day's longtime former coach. Talk about what you guys are doing together. Oh, it was great. We actually tried about five years ago to do something, and then uh, we just had a really difficult time trying finding the market. Um, and and in a way, COVID helped a little bit because people want to be together. Again, they're they're adamant about being together. So I called them a few weeks ago and I said, hey, why don't we try to revive this, uh, you know, experience that we can offer? And so we we did so two days. Uh, one was a uh, public day and then the other one was a corporate day. Uh, so we saw 23 students in two days um, and really had just a lot of fun. Um, for me, as a teacher and kind of being alone all the time, um, it's hard to get away. It's hard to see other teachers. And I try my hardest to get on other lesson tees and watch other teachers teach. And, uh, you know, Colin can, can really teach. 
Um, and, and as we spoke at dinner, you know, he was very complimentary of me and I of him. And, and um, it's just good to see things presented a different way. Um, and uh, many of my students, my current students, were there with guests. And it was in, it was interesting to watch them shake their heads, know the answers. Uh, so no, I knew I was doing a good job with them. And then just the joy uh, when we got out on the golf course. So a lot of the golf schools that I worked in the past, we never got on the golf course. And so we we really committed to, you know, making sure that the customer was out in the golf course and we were reinforcing the play part. Uh, and so we went out and I, I have a little game I call earn it back. And so everybody starts on the forward tee. And if you make a birdie, you get to go back a tee box. Um, and so it was fun to watch the teams, you know, make birdies and they're not used to making birdies, you know, uh, so one team had six birdies. So six in a row, they were all due to the back tees as a team by the fifth hole. Um, and so it was fun to watch them, you know, play. And they're like, we have never made this many birdies, you know, like, and I'm like, well, why is it happening? Well, it must be your teaching. It must be the golf school. I'm like, no, you're seeing things different. You're visualizing different and you learned how to get it rolling so i really encourage uh people to get forward you know and play and just see what it's like to be a tour player you know play from a short distance and just make a lot of birdies and see what it's like it's actually a lot of fun it's a lot better than playing at seven you know 7400 and you know bludgeoning yourself <laughs> you know with your club every week brian i want to get some playing lessons from you tonight starting on the tee box for those of us who struggle hitting our driver straight, what are some things we can do to get the club face square at contact? No, that's great. I think the first thing we have to look at, and it sounds like a pat answer, but it's you have to look at your grip. Number one, um, you know, we saw it a lot this weekend where grips were, you know, all over the place. And so our, the grip is the only contact you have with the golf club and your hands swing the club. Um, I know there's a lot of theory out there that it's, you know, golf is a mental game, but your mind doesn't move the golf club. Um, and so a solid grip helps with the squaring of the club face. And then, the, uh, you know, you have, uh, as Colin puts it, you have a king and a queen, you know, or a marriage of the face and the path. And so if the face and the path match each other, then you have a happy marriage. And if they don't, if one goes one way and one goes the other, um, you know, you have to know how to get those things back in line. And so you, you find people working really, really, really hard, you know, not to slice it, but they'll uh, aim far to the left. They'll close the club face at address. They'll have a very weak grip also. And then they'll swing out to in. And when the ball slices, they're shocked. And you're like, well, let's take a look at this. And what if our toe line and the club face aimed right? And, and golf is a very counterintuitive game. So you have to aim right and swing right and close the face to make it go to the left or square the face to make it go to the left, assuming you're a right-hander. So why would we aim left, swing left? That will open the face. So um, the path and the face, they need to, to get together. And I would encourage people just to take lead hand swings just real slow and watch how their hand rotates. A lot of times their forearms will reverse, which means they'll turn to the sky. Their hand will turn to the sky. And simply if they just turn it the other way, um, which is actually more natural than turning it the opposite way, uh, as simple as that can help them 
um, and then place their trail hand on the club and do the same thing. Look at their palm. Is it square to the target? Is it left of the target? A lot of times it's left of the target line. So when we're training students, we'll actually set a toe line uh, with a rod, a ball position, and then also have a rod about six to eight feet away. Um, and that's the end target. And so we challenge them to start the ball on one side and curve it to the other. So start it to the right, curve it to the left, and then they'll start to feel face rotation. And, you know, did you feel that in your hands? And they'll be like, yeah, you know, why did I do this for all these years? And I'm like, I don't know. How many years have you been slicing it? <laughs> you know, and they'd be 20, you know, 20 years, you know, 20 years. I would literally do it for 20 minutes and then I would be looking for someone to help me. So it's, it's, um, you get a lot of, uh, um, people that think they can figure it out on their own. They can't. Um, you got a lot of YouTubers and, um, I would say this too, even to maybe go off on a tangent, we get a lot of YouTubers that are, um, you know, they misdiagnose themselves and then they go down a really bad path. Uh, and one comment I always make at a golf school is, is, you know, how many of you had lessons? Maybe one person will raise their hand. How many play with your friends? They all raise their hand. It's if you had lessons then. So tell me what your friend shoots. He shoots 100. Okay. What do you shoot? I shoot 90. Why do you listen to him for golf instruction if you're better? Well, you know, and then they start to think about it and they're like, hey, yeah, why do I listen to him? And I'm like, I have no clue. You know, he's not trained or she's not trained to see it like we are. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting, you know, the perceptions that you have out there and it's fun and you have a lot of laughs. And, and so we spent the whole, Colin and I spent the whole weekend, you know, just changing ball flight, which literally takes just a few minutes. And then you can start to engage them a little bit more on pattern change, you know, like for permanent pattern change and the type of drills that they need to do and how long it might take and um, and dealing with turf and wind and some of the other things that are out on the golf course that they really need to be focused on. Brian, as all my listeners know, a greenside bunker shot is the worst place I could ever end up. If I hit a ball in a bunker, I'm already starting to get stressed out on my way up to whether I'm walking or driving, whatever it is, I'm already dreading this next shot. And what happens is I either pick it clean and the ball goes flying a long distance or I open the face too much and I kind of glance off the sand and then I blade it way across the green. What are some things that I and our listeners can do to hit better bunker shots and give ourselves a chance to get up and down? Well, I think some of the challenges are is understanding the difference between the bounce and the dig and the club, the leading edge and the, and the bounce of the club, which you know already. And then also body position you know there's this this fallacy out there that everybody needs to open their body position to hit a, a greenside bunker it's not true you can be shut and hit a greenside bunker shot as well you could have the face closed and hit a greenside bunker shot the the first thing i would look at is what kind of sand is it, is it soft or is it hard because it makes a difference on whether you use the bounce or the dig the other thing too uh is is a lot of times in once there's contact on the golf ball, the arms typically stop for a player. The body stops. So, you know, I was always taught and I've always taught, you know, we need to finish. Um, and number one, you, know, you have to get it out of there. It's not selling it either. That's not getting it out of there. That's a penalty uh, in itself. So one of the drills that I use, it's kind of fun. If you have two alignment rods, 
you just lay them down in the sand, and what you'll do is you'll set the bounce of the club, uh, the, the toe maybe just a quarter of an inch open, and you just take your swing and you bounce the bounce off those alignment rods. Then what you'll do is take a little pile of sand and you hit the sand, you bounce it there so that you can start to feel the turf, um, you know, or feel the sand. And then what you'll do is you'll put a ball on top of that. And so you'll have the rods, the sand, and the ball, and then you knock the ball out. And then you do that maybe five or ten times, and then you take the rods away and, and you hit the shot. And so uh, wear your whoop band if you have one or your Apple Watch and look at your heart rate, too, when you walk into the bunker. Um, and if it gets elevated, you know, at, at 140 beats per minute, you're, you're, you're not able to make a good decision. So if you're panicking or having an anxiety attack, you know, before you go in there, just center breathe, just take a six count in and hold it for two and then seven out just walk in and 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 i get in in there and get in through the process as quick as you can um that's another thing people will just you know become a statue you know in the bunker and you're like just walk in and hit it you know and and uh it's not super technical especially if you're an athlete um does grass do grass bunkers bother you or just sand just sand yeah, for for you know really really good players, the grass bunkers bother them more than the sand. And for a a good really good player, the sand is is awesome. So um, I would play around with the face a little bit. I think you're probably opening it too much and dropping or drooping the shaft too much, and you're probably at the same time leaning into your left side, which is telling the club that you want to use the dig. So the center of your body is getting past the golf ball which causes you to thin it, and it goes to the right. Sounds like fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to try that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's actually a fun drill, and if you have access to a a lie board, uh, you can use that too at your club. Everybody has a fitting board, and you just do the same thing. Bounce the bounce into the board, pile of sand, hit the sand, ball on sand, hit the ball off the sand, take the board away, What's really cool is the imprint of the board is still left in the sand, so it leaves a really good image for the player, too, and you just knock it out, and then um, you go on your way. Well, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. Thank you for that tip, Brian. I appreciate it. My game certainly needs it. Well, send send me a video. I'm more than happy to help. I can fix it back. Brian, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and find you, whether it's on your website or it's over social media? Yeah, my website, brianjacobsgolf.com, and uh, any social media is at brianjacobsgolf. Super simple. Uh, If you want to email, you can use the contact form, and um, I post pretty regular. Uh, YouTube channel is at brianjacobsgolf golf also there's tons of free content there lots of drills and games and um all kinds of neat stuff and i'm looking uh real soon to actually doing a completely new revamped video library with uh all the tricks of the trade and and some uh practice drills and games that people can play uh really focused on random variable practice with people rather than block practice and then Really, really, really have always been focused on getting people out on the golf course and, and getting them in situations so that they're prepared for when they play on the weekend. Brian, it is always fun having you as part of this show. I hope you'll come back and join me again real soon. You're outstanding, my friend. 
Yeah, absolutely. You as well, Chris. I always enjoy it. And uh, uh, week five, if you want to meander up here, you've always got a seat next to me at a game. (laughs) I appreciate that very much. Happy early Father's Day, Brian. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family. Looking forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thanks. Same to you. Take care, Brian. That is the great Brian Jacobs. BrianJacobsGolf.com at BrianJacobsGolf on both Twitter and Instagram. Brian is just fantastic. He is just one of the most positive, nice people that we have in this game. And take him up, folks. Get him videos of your golf swing. Reach out to him. He is just an outstanding individual and a great coach. So you marry those two things together. Great guy. Great coach. He's going to have a very positive impact on your golf swing and your golf game. 